Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents Interrogation Travis, in his thirties, unconscious, dressed in a white t-shirt and jeans, lays slumped over a metal table that sits in the middle of a small dingy off-white room. A plain, square mirror hangs on the wall across from him, next to a video camera that is resting atop a tripod pointed in his direction. Travis slowly awakens and raises his head, revealing a bloody cut that runs above his left eye. Oh. Uh, what the hell is going on? Where am I? Travis, confused and in pain, reaches up, but finds he's been handcuffed to the table. Wait a second. What the fuck is this happy horse shit? He pulls on the handcuffs, but is unable to break free. Why am I handcuffed? Hello? Travis, frustrated, bangs his fist on the table. Somebody better get their ass in here and give me some answers right now. Travis stands up as far as the handcuffs will allow. I said... Snell, in his forties... Dressed in a standard department store black suit, carrying a manila folder, steps into the room. Travis stands in silence, watching Snell intently. Snell nonchalantly closes the door, then steps in front of the mirror, using the corner of the folder to pick a chunk of food from his teeth. Excuse me? Snell, ignoring Travis, sticks his tongue out at the mirror, surveying the inside of his mouth. Hey, asshole, I'm talking to you. Snell, irritated, glances back at Travis. Yeah, you. Snell turns back to the mirror, then walks over to the video camera and presses the record button. Are you fucking deaf or dumb or what? Snell walks over to the table and drops the folder on it, then pulls out a chair and sits down. Hey, man, why don't you go ahead and have yourself a seat so we can get started? Oh, you do fucking speak. It's about time. Just go ahead and sit down. If you would. <laughs> you want me to sit down? Well, guess what, Chief? I ain't doing shit until somebody tells me what the hell is going on. If you would just simply comply with my request, then I'll be more than happy to fill you in on all the details that I know of as of right now. Fine. Thank you very much for your cooperation. It truly helps matters. Where the hell am I? We currently have you locked up in interrogation room number two. Snell holds up two fingers. I'm Detective Snell, by the way. <laughs> Slow down. Did you say I'm in an interrogation room? I did. <laughs> You're telling me I'm in a police station. Well, it certainly was the last time I checked anyway. <laughs> wait, wait a second here. This has got to be some kind of joke. I shouldn't be here. I didn't do anything wrong. Travis rattles the handcuffs. Why the hell do you have me handcuffed to the table? Eh, it's standard procedure. Something that we're required to do for all murder suspects. Travis's eyes open wide. What? Murder suspect? Are you fucking high or something? I didn't murder anybody. Well, that's my job to try and figure out. You know. Put the pieces of the puzzle together? Well, there's no puzzle to piece together here because I didn't do anything. We'll see about that. 
What's that on your shirt? Snell motions towards the bottom of Travis's shirt that has a red stain on it. Travis glances down at his shirt, then back at Snell. I have no idea what that shit is. Some kind of stain. Something's telling me we might be in for a long day. I've been doing this job long enough to know what dried blood looks like. Well, maybe you've been doing your job a little too long because this can't be blood. Because I didn't murder anybody. You know what? I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here. Perhaps you're right. Maybe I'm off the mark on this one. Goddamn right you are. Now let me go. Not so fast. Why don't we take this back a couple steps? I really need you to focus and see if you can recall anything from last night. What are you doing? This is total bullshit. You you need to let me go right now. I must say that this whole process only works if you answer my questions when I ask them. What was the last thing you remember about last night? Ugh. The last thing I remember is walking into the house. And then... Then... Shit. Ugh. After that, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Now we're starting to get somewhere. What time do you think that was around? I seriously can't remember. I'm drawing a total blank. Well, at this point in the game, an estimate will do the trick and help us zero in and narrow down that window of time. Okay. If I'm just estimating here, I would say it was probably around 9.30, because I'm pretty sure I left the office around 9. Very good. So what is it that you do for a living? I'm the vice president for an advertising company. Impressive. I'm sure it pays far better than a detective salary. Yeah, I do all right. You must be working on something pretty damn special to be at the office that late. What? Oh, I get it, the times, they're changing and all. But I'm pretty sure most office-type jobs usually don't run that late into the evening. <laughs> Maybe for some people, but in the advertising industry, things pop up all the time that require special attention. Special attention? Is that what it's called now when one requires the services of a prostitute? Excuse me? If you want to sit there and blow smoke up my ass all night, so be it. I can't help you if you don't level with me. You might not think so, but what we're dealing with here is some serious shit. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what her name was? <laughs> you know what? I'm done talking to you. Travis looks over at the mirror. You hear that? I'm done talking to this asshole. I want a lawyer in here right now before I say another word. Does the name Misty Newman ring a bell at all? Travis looks at Snell. Who? Misty Newman. Shit. My bad. That was her legal name, which you probably didn't know. However, you would know her most likely as Summer. Travis, nervous, leans back in his chair. My God, how do you know about her? It's not like I work at Walmart checking receipts or something. I'm a detective. I get paid to figure out why people do the fucked up things that they do to each other. So why don't you make life easier on everybody involved here and tell me the truth? <sighs> you want the truth? If you would be kind enough to share it, yes. I did call her, and I did have her come up to my office. And why did you have her come up to your office? Why do you think? Snell pulls a piece of paper from the folder and places it face down on the table. I need your help here on this one, because maybe we have our records wrong. 
but we have you listed as married. Is that correct? Travis shifts in the chair nervously. Yes. It's good to know that our records are still accurate because sometimes things get mixed up. So how long have you been married? Just over eight years. Eight years is a good stretch of time these days. Any children? Two. Girls? Boys? What? I have two boys. Boys can certainly be a handful. But the good thing about them is you only need to worry about one dick. Whereas with girls, you've got to worry about all the dicks out there. So, I've got to ask. Did things get a bit stale between the sheets with you and the wife? Stale? See it all the time with couples. Being with someone that long, you start to want something different. A little variety. Variety? That's a spice of life. Of course, I could be off the mark with those assumptions, and it could just come down to the fact that your old lady sucked in the sack. Fuck you. Let me circle back here. How often would you say that you required Summer's services? (laughs) You're unbelievable. I'm just trying to do my job here, man. To me, you look like a somewhat intelligent man, Travis, so I'm assuming you use protection with her, right? Travis looks down as Snell shakes his head in disgust. Ouch. That probably wasn't such a great idea. You realise what kind of shit these working girls have in them? These chicks carry every disease in the book and then some. Nonchalantly, Snell slides the piece of paper across the table to Travis, then stands up and walks around the table and stands behind Travis. Since you decided to roll the dice and not bag it up, I've got to assume you went and got tested. So when was that? Tested? For what? Jesus, Travis. I'm starting to think I need to take back my assumption you were somewhat intelligent. Tested for a little thing called HIV? Travis shakes his head confidently. I don't know where you think you're going with this, but I sure as hell don't need a test to tell me that I do not have that shit. Snell leans down close to Travis. This is the moment when a bad decision comes back to haunt you. I suggest you reach out and flip that piece of paper over and take a gander. What is it? That there piece of paper just so happens to be the last known blood work for summer. Travis, hesitant, grabs the paper and flips it over. I realise all that medical jargon can be difficult to understand, but I think this one is pretty straightforward. Snell walks over to the mirror and runs his hand through his hair as Travis studies the paper. Snell looks at Travis through the mirror. I've got to ask you, did your asshole just close to the size of a pinhole? This can't be right. Snell spins around. As much as I wish I could say it wasn't for your peace of mind, I can't. You're reading that right. She tested positive. Dropping the piece of paper, Travis leans forward, grabbing his face in anguish. Now, obviously I'm no doctor and have very little knowledge when it comes to that field of work, but I can safely say that banging that chick without a condom probably wasn't using your best judgement. Snell picks up the paper and points at the date. Sometimes on these things it's easy to overlook and all, so just in case you missed it, the date of this was just six months ago. Jesus. Snell puts his hand on Travis's shoulder. Now don't go sticking the barrel of the shotgun in your mouth just yet. There is a chance you never contracted the virus. Granted, I don't even think Vegas would take those odds. This can't be happening. Well, it is, and you're smack dab right in the middle of it. I'm curious. When all this was going on and you were having that unprotected intercourse with a working girl, did you ever once stop and think about your wife? 
I understand taking chances with your own life, but this one would affect her life as well. Snell walks back over and sits down. I honestly wish we didn't have to deal with this, but we've got ourselves some really nasty shit we need to get to the bottom of. Okay, I don't know what happened, but I can assure you, I had nothing to do with it. Snell smiles. There you go, sounding all sure of yourself again. You know what? Let's just take the kid gloves off and get right to it. Snell opens the folder and pulls a photo out that he keeps hidden. I can see those wheels spinning up there in that twisted brain of yours. I bet if I took those handcuffs off, you'd spring across this table in a heartbeat and tear my head off as well. What are you talking about? Did you intend for it to be some kind of meaning? What was the significance of putting her head in the wastebasket? Are you suggesting I put somebody's head in a wastebasket? Not somebody's. Summer's. Wait a second. Are, are you saying that Summer is dead? Snell looks back at the mirror, then back at Travis. Let's just say if you tried to fuck her now, you'd be doing all the work. I may be a lot of things, but murderer I'm not. Snell tilts his head from side to side as he stares at Travis. You think I killed her? I don't think you did. I know you did. I didn't kill anybody. You have to believe me. If I got a donut for every time I heard that line, I'd be one fat son of a bitch. I'm telling the truth. This is crazy because it sounds like we're playing a game of family feud. What are the top five things accused killers will say? Snell tosses the photo in front of Travis. Check this shit out. Perhaps it'll kick some of those cobwebs loose in your head. Travis looks down at a grisly crime scene photo, then quickly looks away. I've got to be honest with you. In my time, I've seen some pretty heinous crime scenes, but not one of them had as much blood splatter like yours did. I'm telling you, the shit went everywhere. For Christ's sake, the only thing I'm guilty of is having sex. Travis points down at the photo. I didn't do that. I was really anticipating getting through this victim rather quickly so we could get to the others. Others? Snell slams his fist on the table, startling Travis. Listen, you little shit. I'm sick and tired of your bullshit. You've made your bed, so be a man and lay in it. Snell grabs the folder and storms out of the room. Where are you going? You got the wrong guy. Frantic, Travis looks at the mirror. Do you hear me? You got the wrong guy. Travis sits down in a daze when the door swings open, which causes him to snap to attention. Snell walks in wearing white rubber gloves and carrying two black plastic bags marked evidence. Kicking the door closed with his foot, he drops the bags on the table. Listen, man. I have absolutely no idea what has happened. But I do know you're making a huge mistake. Just let me call my wife, and we can clear all this up right now. Come on, mate. Just tell me. Did you kill the whore or not? How many fucking times do I have to tell you? I had nothing to do with it. Grabbing one of the bags, Snell holds it up in front of Travis. I want you to look at this bag and think really hard, because I've got a feeling you know what's in it. Travis looks over at the mirror. What I want is somebody in here that will actually listen to me. 
Snell opens the bag and pulls out a blood-stained saw that is bent and missing several of the jagged teeth that still has chunks of flesh dangling from it like Christmas ornaments. Snell places it in front of Travis. Would this by any chance belong to you? Travis looks down at the saw, disgusted. No. Snell looks at the saw, then back at Travis. Really? Are you sure about that? Maybe give it a better look. I mean, actually study it. I've looked at it. I'm telling you, it's not mine. And I've never seen it before. Oh, I'll be dipped in shit then. I must say, that's made things a tad perplexing. And why is that? It's perplexing to me because you sit there and tell me this doesn't belong to you. But if that was truly the case, how is it that your fingerprints are all over it? Travis stares at the saw. You've got to see things from my perspective right now, Travis. Everything we have is pointing right at you, and with this kind of hard evidence, this is what we like to call in my line of work, a slam dunk. I, I don't know how or why my fingerprints are on that thing, but I have never seen it. Could they be on there because you used it to saw the head off a whore? For fuck's sake, we got the dead body in your office and the murder weapon covered in your prints. What say you just stop spewing all this bullshit and start telling the truth? I'm sorry you think that I'm not telling the truth, and that I must sound like a damn broken record. But I didn't fucking kill anybody. Snell reaches down and picks up the saw, slowly twisting it in his hand. I don't like to toot my own horn here, but I do like to fancy myself as somewhat of a handyman. I built this really nice patio cover not too long ago. I'm talking the Taj Mahal of patio covers. What the fuck is your point? The point would be that I know a good deal about saws and such, and I must say, this is one of high quality. So it's high quality, big deal. Still isn't mine. So, it just goes to show you how tough bone can be. I mean, sure, the skin was probably a bitch to get through, but nothing like that bone. I'm guessing you got yourself one hell of an arm workout. Snell drops the saw on the table. Why don't you pick it up again? I know you must be just aching to feel it in your hands. I'm not touching that damn thing. So stop playing whatever game it is you're playing with me and get my wife on the phone. Snell looks at his watch. I don't know about that one, because they're probably closed right now. What the hell are you talking about, closed? Well, the morgue doesn't open up until later in the day. What the hell are you talking about? Are you even listening to me? I said I wanted to talk to my wife. Not somebody at the morgue. Snell steps back and looks Travis up and down. Now what are you doing? Snell sits back down and leans towards Travis. Trying to figure out what kind of angle you're playing with me. We've got you for the murder of the whore as well as... Travis slams his fist on the table. You're not listening to me! Snell springs across the table and grabs Travis by the shirt, picking him up out of the chair. Interrupt me again, asshole, and I'll make sure this interrogation turns physical. Snell slowly lets go of Travis, who sinks back into his seat. As I was trying to say, we've got you on the murder of Summer. Now, would you like to enlighten me on what happened to your family? My family? I wouldn't have to be bringing them up had you not gone home and done the whole Jack Nicholson thing from The Shining on them. Snell leans back in the chair. However, you went with a baseball bat over an axe. What was your logic in picking the bat? Why are you bringing up my family? 
Are they okay? Snell picks up the other black bag. But one thing I do know is that Jack Nicholson nailed that role. I mean, what a performance. I watched that shit today and he still gives me goosebumps. It's my family. Okay. Snell, irritated, pulls a blood-stained wooden bat out of the bag that has pieces of black hair stuck to it. Tears well up in Travis's eyes. Please tell me my, my family's okay. I know for a fact that their bodies are being well taken care of. I personally know the mortician in charge down there. He's a hell of a guy. Tears cascade down Travis's cheek. My wife and children can't be dead. I wouldn't recommend it, but I'd be more than happy to show you the crime scene photos if you like. Oh my god, this can't be happening. Why would anybody kill my family? They never did anything to anybody. Well, apparently they did something wrong that made you kill them all. Cupping his face with his hands, Travis sobs. My family is dead. Because you killed them, asshole. Travis, furious, balls his hands into fists and with bloodshot eyes, glares at Snell. I am not the killer and you're wasting time. The guy that did kill my family is still out there. If those are the thoughts that help you deal with what you did, then so be it. But the killer isn't out there. He's right here. It's like I'm talking to a fucking brick wall. Travis looks at the mirror. I want somebody else in here right now. Somebody that will listen to me. Snell looks over at the mirror, then back at Travis. You want to talk with another detective? Yes. That might not be such a bad idea. A break might do me some good. You have no idea how exhausting it is dealing with people such as yourself. Tears continue to roll down Travis's face as he just stares at Snell. Snell stands up as he pulls out several photos from the folder and places them on the table. If you're at all curious, those are the crime scene photos from your home. If you do decide you want to look at them, be warned. They are very graphic and very disturbing. Snell walks out of the room as Travis looks down at the photos. One of the photos is of his wife laying on the bathroom floor with her head split open and brains hanging out. Travis quickly looks away as he throws up. Snell comes back in and looks at the vomit in disgust. Oh, for fuck's sake. What did you eat other than that prostitute's pussy last night? Guess I should have been looking for a janitor instead of another detective. Get these photos off the table right now. Snell sits down, picking up the photos. I know you really wanted another detective, but unfortunately, caseloads are pretty thick today, so you're stuck with me for the duration. Must be a full moon or some shit like that. Will you please just listen to me for once? Snell studies the photo of Travis's wife. This might come across as a little... inappropriate. But your wife was a looker. She had herself one nice little ass on her. I'm guessing she used one of those Stairmaster things to keep it that toned? You could probably bounce a quarter off it. Travis, furious, stares at Snell. I don't give a shit if you're a detective or not, but if I could get across this table right now, I would tear your fucking head off. Snell snaps his fingers. Bingo! There it is! 
I knew it was just hiding under the surface. Of course you would tear my head off because you're a cold-blooded killer. Travis takes a deep breath. Jesus Christ, I didn't just say that. I'm not capable of killing somebody. Travis looks right into Snell's eyes. Am I? I have a feeling you really want me to tell you that you couldn't possibly do something like this, but... Sorry, amigo. I just can't do that. Did I... I just snap or something? Do I have... These split personalities that I didn't know about? Now that you're out of the realm of make-believe and realising the things you've done, we can get you the help you need. But my family... I just... I can't even fathom the thought of hurting them. I'm sure it's excruciating to think about, but in the end, thinking about it is the only thing that will help us right now. Look, I told you before, I can't remember anything. I'll go ahead and walk you through the crime scene the best I can. We found your wife in the bathroom, and judging from her lack of clothing, she must have just gotten out of the shower. Snell lays the photo out in front of Travis. You walked into the bathroom and caught her off guard, striking her alongside the head with the bat. Now, I'm curious. Did her head split open from the impact of the bat, or from the impact of hitting the marble floor? Travis zones out. Preliminary exams show that she was not sexually assaulted before or after time of death. Travis closes his eyes as Snell switches photos to Travis's children. Now, this is just sad. It's such a shame when children have to die at such a young age, never getting the chance to experience the great things life has to offer. Did you hit them over the head as they slept? Travis continues to zone out. Her heads are so darn small. The sound of that bat hitting them must have been sickening. I'm sure they cracked right open like a fucking coconut. Travis drops his head, noticing his blood-covered shoes. Is that their blood? Yes. You left footprints all over the place. I guess keeping the carpets clean was the last thing on your mind. I'm a monster. Oh, I'm a fucking monster. I deserve to die. You do deserve to die. But that's not what's going to happen. What will most likely happen, due to our fantastic legal system, is you'll spend the rest of your pathetic life in prison. Because I'm such a nice guy, I'll go ahead and give you a nickel's worth of free advice. Stock up on the lube, because a skinny white boy like you is going to have a lot of cock shoved up his ass. You're going to be spewing semen out your mouth instead of syllables. Snell reaches across the table and slaps Travis. Now tell me you did it! I killed him. I killed them all. <laughs> you stupid bastard. You didn't kill anybody. What? Snell stands up. I said you didn't kill anybody, you spineless pussy. I did it. I did it all. Travis looks up just as Snell snaps a Polaroid of him. Holy shit. I'm telling you, no amount of money can buy that look. What are you doing? I have this thing where I like to capture the look of my victim once they realize and understand what they've just heard. Confused, Travis looks at the mirror. What are you looking at the mirror for? That's just a fucking prop for our little stage production. Here, let me show you. Snell grabs the bat off the table and smashes the mirror, revealing just a wall behind it. Just what I told you. Nothing behind it but a wall. Snell tosses the bat over his shoulder as he turns to Travis. Who the hell are you? 
I'm the man you'll never be able to forget. You killed my family? I sure in the hell did, and I enjoyed every fucking minute of it. Travis desperately tries to break free from the table, but can't. You motherfucker. If it's any consolation to you, I think I screwed up my shoulder. Something fierce swinging that bat around so much. Snell pushes stop on the recorder and pulls out the tape as Travis continues to try breaking free. I'm gonna kill you, you motherfucker! Slow down there, tiger. Snell steps back, holding his hands up. You're starting to scare me. Snell turns to the video camera and starts taking it apart. Why would you do something like this? I never did anything to you. Why not? Why does everything have to be some elaborate meaning? Why can't things happen just because? Every day in this fucked up society of ours, people do shit to each other for no reason at all. Why don't you just kill me and get it over with? Come on now, Travis. Why in the hell would I go and do something like that? You killed everybody else in my family, but you're not going to kill me? Snell taps his finger on the side of his head. Nope. That wasn't on my agenda at all. Snell opens the door. I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. You'll be caught for sure. You really think so? Well, let's see here. Fifteen and counting and no sign of Johnny Law yet. I'll go to the cops and tell them everything. <laughs> well, go ahead. But if I was you, I'd look at myself in the mirror because you look like a fucking crazy man. Imagine the thoughts that'll be going through their heads when you tell them this elaborate story about being locked up in the back room of some abandoned strip mall being interrogated by some psycho killer. I shit you not, I would love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Snell digs a key out of his pocket and tosses it on the table. You go do what you think it is you need to do. Hell, maybe if you're lucky you'll get off. But not before going through all these details over and over again. Travis stretches his fingers out to the key. It was such a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Travis. Enjoy the rest of your depressing life. Snell walks out of the room as Travis finally gets the key and slides it closer to him. He fumbles it in his fingers but finally gets control of it and is able to unlock the handcuffs. Travis jumps up out of the chair and grabs the baseball bat before running out of the room. Travis charges out of the room, tripping over a collection of empty cardboard boxes, causing him to stumble and fall, but he quickly gets to his feet and runs towards a set of glass doors. Travis comes bursting out of the doors from an abandoned strip mall into the bright, sunny afternoon, causing him to shield his eyes. Where are you, you motherfucker? Travis scans the empty parking lot, when all of a sudden, a police cruiser comes speeding up with its lights flashing and siren wailing. Thank God. Travis runs out into the middle of the parking lot, waving his hands as the police cruiser slams on its brakes. An officer, 30s, springs out with his gun drawn and aims it at Travis. Put the bat down! Listen, I... I said put the bat down and get your ass on the ground! But... On the ground, now! Travis stands confused. Sir, I strongly suggest you get on the ground. Travis drops the bat and falls to his knees as the officer runs up. Stay down. The officer quickly handcuffs Travis's hands behind his back. 
You're arresting the wrong guy. I didn't do anything. I've been set up. The officer picks Travis up and escorts him back to the police cruiser. You've got to listen to me, man. The, the killer was just here. You, you can't let him get away. Mm-hmm. I'm not letting him get away. The officer opens the back door to the cruiser and shoves Travis in. Now watch your head. Are you even listening to me? I said the killer was just here. You should really save your energy for the interrogation room and the detectives. The police officer slams the door, then gets in and drives off. Snell, watching the police cruiser leave, sits in the front seat of a charger, which is parked across the street. Freddie Mercury would say, another one bites the dust. Snell pulls the Polaroid of Travis out and looks it over. This is certainly one of the better ones. Snell reaches into the back seat and grabs a weathered leather photo album, then flips it open, revealing page after page of photos similar to Travis's photo. Snell reaches an empty page and, with the help of a little glue, secures the photo of Travis to the page. Who would have thought scrapbooking could be so much fun? Laughing, he closes the book. (laughs) and tosses it into the back seat. (laughs) He fires up the car and steps on the gas, tearing out of the parking lot. The end.